we are Coldwell Banker, the real estate group, and we are one. Today on Real Talk with Real Estate Group, you have Laura Boyer and Laura Saruji. Today we're sitting down with Liz Geringer of Coldwell Banker Corporate, COO, and I have to say, happy anniversary. Thank you. Today is uh, officially your one year with Coldwell Banker. You're so great to think of that. <laughs> Thank you. It's the ninja in me. We like to acknowledge these things. I love it. It's hard to believe it's a year, actually. Really? Yeah. I think um, it's just been moving so fast. It's all been great. Well, you've done a really good job of getting out to the offices, the brokerages, getting real with the people of understanding what we're doing so you can bring it back to leadership to figure out how to best benefit things. Thank you. I figured that was the easiest way to learn what we really needed to do was to get out and talk to the customers and figure out what was going on out there. I've enjoyed it so much. I've gotten a really warm welcome. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I, we hope we welcome you nicely. You did. You did. You do. You always do. I love seeing you. Yeah. You were at our Empower event in Illinois, actually, last, uh, excuse me, so it was winter, so it was a good celebration. It's nice to officially introduce you to all of our agents. And it was a great event, and I was so glad I went because it got me in front of so many people, and it prepared me for our huge event, Gen Blue, which followed. So it was a great experience. I was blown away by how big your company is and how just friendly everybody was and how fun it was to be with everyone. And you had, of course, a flash mob at the party, <laughs> so it's memorable. Good, good. I love it. I want to get real with you today. So this podcast is all about real talk, like what's happening, what's going on. So for those of our agents who are not at Empower, what does that mean? How are you incorporated with our brand now that you've been here for a year? Who do you directly work with? What does that all entail? Yeah, so we are bringing the brand to you so that Cobble Banker should be seamless to you and to the agents. It should be something that we're delivering really well. So it's well-known, it's beautifully executed, and so that the brand is really recognized, right? So that we're well-known in media and we're well-known in the industry. And so we bring the power to Cobble Banker as a brand that's known universally, really across the world. Um, and of course, you know, in, in every local market in the United States as well. So that's our job to make the, the brand be something that's attractive um, and that should happen you know, from our perspective. You're delivering it locally and you are putting, putting it into the market. You take that brand and you deliver it you know, beautifully by being trustworthy and being great with the customer. And so you, you know, that's that, that real execution um, that, that where people really get to know what the company is like and how, what it's like to work with at Cobble Banker. That's in your hands. So, you know, your job in many ways is even more important than ours, but we should be giving you the, that brand that you can build the trust in and that people will continue to recognize, you know, it is an iconic brand and, and people will continue to, to recognize like what that really means, which is you can trust your agent, you can trust that brand, you're going to have a great, solid experience. And, you know, that's the, that's the connection that I see between, between the two of us. Yeah, it's the longevity of it. We've been around for 100, over 113 years, you know, and it's trustworthy. It's, we're modernizing it. We're making sure that you're adjusting to what the consumer wants and needs. It's not just here to put a yard sign in. Yeah, I think there's so much um, responsibility in that. You know, the company has been around for a very long time. And personally, for me, that just, it makes it such a serious job. I mean, I think... My gosh, there's so many, you know, chapters to this extensive history. And I feel like whatever chapter we're in that, you know, you and I are in together and all of our um, 
you know, agents are in together, it's important. Like, this is our opportunity to, to establish what we are for Cobble Banker. And, you know, we don't want to mess it up. We want to make it great. You know, it's not just, like, keep it true to what it is, but I think we want to make this part that we're a part of really memorable. And so, you know, I'm really trying to understand, like, what we can do in this moment that we have to make it really stand out. And I think the rebrand that the company is undergoing is a great example of that. You know, you and I will be connected with, with that. Um, that's a really wonderful chapter, right, in the whole history of Cobble Banker. Yeah, I love that you keep referencing chapters. This intrigues me because I think I heard before that you would love to be an author one day. I would. I want to know what Help me write. find the time. <laughs> you know, I'm super interested in people. I find people just, I mean, almost distracting to me. You know, like I'm always thinking about everyone in the room and really observing them and wondering what they're thinking. I'm super audience um, aware and trying to um, adjust and, and really understand, you know, who's in any given situation and what it's like for them. It's just sort of how I look at situations. So I think if I'm writing, if I ever find the time, and I do jot things down, you know, from, from time to time, I'll get in a streak where I'm taking a daily newspaper and writing notes so it's like dated and it's right there on the corner of a paper. I get newspapers like it's another era. Um, but I, it will probably be stories of people. You know, it's not going to be a twisted, complicated plot as much as it will be about um, people and how they brush up against each other and how they interact. So you recently had a podcast with Carla Hayes. I did. For the um, rebranding tour. And I loved it because you are telling people to be an active participant in your future. And the way that you are watching people and engaging with them to support them to get to their next level. Have you always been that person? Like who taught you to be this uh, supporter, to be a champion of others? I just really like to bring people along. I don't know. It's just I like to, to, to bring people all together and to, you know, identify. It's really easy to identify usually one thing that you can say to someone or idea you can give somebody to sort of click them into another way of thinking or another, you know, approach that they could take or some accomplishment that they could try to go get. And I don't know. I just really... I, I like that. I spent a lot of time studying people management in college and I found it really interesting to think about, you know, how people come together to work and that work really is about that combination of people and how you spend so much time together in the in any kind of work setting. And so it should be valuable. You know, the whatever you do there is gonna be the product of what you do together, but also that whole experience of being together, you know, that's an important piece. It's like the vast majority of our lives for many of us who are working. So I think that really interests me too, you know, how you can pull people together and harness them as a group to create something together, to be that company or to be a workplace. That's the one thing that I love about our, I have a manager in Wisconsin who says it's an ecosystem. You know, the synergy of the office is the ecosystem of these personalities and these, you know, distractors, whatever it might be, but it's a harmonious environment and a supportive one for them all to be together. And I kind of see that about you of figuring out what this person's passion and how can we escalate that to the next thing of, of finding their voice and, and raising their hand to get to that? I think it's important if you have and you know if you have someone who's like unhappy or you can is just a little bit off, it can kind of throw everybody off in the group. So I think it's it's important to try to pull everybody together and figure that out. You know, I usually I'm just pretty direct, not in a group setting, but if I see somebody is off or feeling off, I will just say, you know, are you okay or what's going on or or what do you need and. 
I find eventually people will just sort of more naturally, once they know that I am interested and I want to know what's going on, they'll stop in the office and give me, share their thoughts a little bit. Okay, let's get real. Do you feel like because of your position you could be doing that or is that just genuinely how you are? I think I have always been, I've, I've um, inter- spent a lot of time interviewing people whether it's for my college or for positions, whether it was in some prior work that I did um, in our company. I worked on some of our company um, investigations when I was doing some of our, our legal work and things like that. I definitely find that I elicit information from people pretty quickly, which I'm not using against them, but people do sort of share with me. And I feel like, okay, well, then I have to keep that safe. You know, people share a lot of information with me. I think what makes you perfect then for this role is at the core having that passion for people. Because where we're at in our industry, where people think they wanna just sell homes, they like to visit homes, I don't think people realize how much of a people business this is. Because we do learn a lot, in, in almost in a psychology type way, of the client's mind, how to engage and, and get on the same level as, as a client or customer, or even as managers to agents, or leadership to you know any level of leadership you kind of almost create in yourself that servant leader because you have that genuine interest and you're coming from a place that you want to, you know, you want to understand where they're coming from because you have that genuine interest and it's, it shows. I agree with you. I think it is super important in the business that we're in because I think that agents in particular, they really do develop a relationship, a genuine relationship. They are people, people, they are really interested and that's how their customers come back, right? They get their repeat business. But it's also like you're in people's homes, you know, you're, it's such a personal business to begin with. And I think people get a real feel for the space that they're in. You know, most people anyway, have a real feeling about the space that they're in and that's reflecting whose home you're in. I mean, there's just, there's so much to that. It's a, it's a really personal business. And that's why I think the role of the agent is super important. You know, it's like very personal to be taking people through people's homes and be respectful of that and make that match of where, what is a good home for a particular person. Um, and then maintaining their customer base. And it's, and it's um, there's so much like, you know, maybe we all sound very old fashioned talking about, you know, relationships or something, but I think that it does, we are powered still by information and data and tech, like, oh my gosh, there's so much that can make everything easier in real estate and really inform us. And there's so much about our workday managing people. You know, there's so much that has um, changed about how you can manage your business and, and manage people or, you know, sell homes and everything. But I, I just wholeheartedly believe that the people piece is a really important part of our business. Now, would you say manage or influence? I like that. I like influence a lot. I think because it is one of your new titles, awards, what, 2019 Housing Wear Woman of Influence? I'm going to try to use it to only do good things. (laughs) Being a good influence. How do you think you influence your team or our brand? How do you, what do you, what does that mean to you, I guess? To me, it, you know, it means being positive. You know, being being for what we're what we're where we're headed. Um, it means um, being open to new. You know, I think with um, a brand as iconic and historic as ours, it's important that we we do what we're doing now, which is demonstrate how fresh and um, how open and and interested and modern that we are, although modern sounds like a not a very modern word, but um, I think you get what I mean. I, I think we just need to be, um, you know, innovative and, and forward. And that's, that's who we are. And I think for me, I just want to make sure that we're helping reflect that. I think you've been very transparent in the whole process, 
good and bad. And, you know, we also heard from David Marine talking about, like, you know, we did. I read every single comment, with, you know, and, and you assess it. And, you know, sometimes we're still going to stay on the right path. But you are listening to who your customers and clients and consumers are. And you're adjusting to make that work. Yeah, the transparency thing is is um, hard. It's that you have a natural inclination in a big company to you know set a course and have everything figured out and have all your your you know plans put together and demonstrate that oh you know we've got this we're super sophisticated. But the reality is, as we've learned, and it was David's idea, but to to get the input along the way and to just say we'll do this with you. I mean, it, once once he says that, it just makes perfect sense. But it's not not at all the way companies usually act. And we're even doing it now as we're growing the company and and combining certain um, departments across Caldwell Banker inside of inside of our um, headquarters. Right. Yeah. You know, we're doing that in a transparent way too. We're talking about what we would like to start accomplishing in January, but we want input of our employees and of our customers, um, all of the companies. So we put it out there. It's just it's a really unusual way to approach it. But I think it's going to be smart. You know, you say unusual, but I, I want to kind of like toot our own horn here a little bit. We do something in Wisconsin that's called our Pinnacle Meeting. It's basically a town hall meeting where Mike is right in front of our all of our top agents. And it's, what's going on? What's working? What's not working? Because we want to hear it. I mean, that's the only way we're ever going to get better at things. And we can think we know what they want. And what they need and invest the time and resources into it or you can ask them like really getting down to the grassroots effort of what's working for you guys and what's not yeah i think that's a great approach and i mean you know it's an incredibly wonderful management team the nicest people the greatest you know family it's just such a great group of people that you work with so um i can imagine that that's really important but your company is enormous yeah. and yet i think you still manage you know you're everyone still feels like the company cares about them like you're you're managing a really big complex company and it's amazing how people feel so connected you know really really um loyal and they're treated you know beautifully i think it's the company is just an example for for every company and and they're thought of with the highest regard you know across our network yeah, they, the Prudhoff family really is sweet. It's not just, uh, they don't just say that they're a family company, they they preach it, they live it every day. And, and you even said it, it's, you know, it's genuine. You know, and it's a genuine care, you know. Um, we had, Ed was one of our first podcast episodes. So, so yeah, yeah. That, one, that one is definitely um, really fun and insightful. And, and We asked him which uh, child was his favorite. <gasps> yeah. So you'll have to go listen. Controversy. Yes, yeah. Exactly. yeah. But it's, it goes back to that same feeling of like, I I want to be trusted. I want to trust you. I want your loyalty and I'll give you my loyalty in return. And I think that's what you have created is like loyal beast in blue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, I think that's what we have. I mean, you see it when we're at, you know, any conference um, with our group, but we really feel it on so many different levels in the company because that trust is there. Like you want to trust your team and... Um, you want them to trust in you, same thing. It goes all the way, and, and we're very fortunate to be a part. Yeah, I mean, I think people want to be skeptical anymore. You know, it's a skeptical world, and, um, you know, that's like a natural inclination now. So I think it's really good to be in a place that you it, it's foundational to be trusting, right? It's like yeah. that's what people really want. You know, they they look at things with a little skepticism and how great to work in a place and to work with a company and to have that company represent you and, you know, in your transaction that you can really trust. You know, that, I feel that there. Yeah. That gives me a really interesting follow up <laughs> question because in, 
our industry and the landscape and as we change and we have a lot of tech companies and people doing virtual offices and we're not you know they're not always in the office and there's people working behind their email how do when we know what we do is is true and good and right because we know at the center of it is our customers best interests how do you see that disruptor in our marketplace faring in the long term and how do you see us withstanding the time of that kind of competition that comes into the market? Yeah, I think you have the, you know, the the long-standing and well-known and trusted brand to rely upon and I think that's our job to keep delivering that to you, you know, to to that to affiliate trust with the brand, you know, and to keep making that connection. We're we're here, we were built the com- the company was built on a foundation of ethics. And, you know, that's been part of our not just story, but, you know, truth of who we are. We developed the first code of ethics and we we developed consumer disclosure at the very beginning of the company. So we have those elements, you know, built in that are foundational to us. You've been delivering, you know, when you deliver in a market, people know, you know, people, people know. And there's so many company, new companies that come and go and it will take time and they will have to establish, um, you know, a name for themselves. I think it is it is really challenging if you're, you know, some some new company um, to to uh, establish what consumers really need in order to do business with you. Yeah. Refresh my memory. It was Realogy was voted one of the top most ethical companies. Tell me exactly what that was. Yes. Yeah, so um, one of my first positions with the company was in ethics and compliance. And what that really means is the CEO at the time, he was really so sure and, and correct, I believe, that you had to build a company on an ethical foundation. Like it was just the most important thing to him. You know, he didn't want I think he wouldn't have cared what industry he was in, you know, as long as he was like doing the right thing. You know, that was it. It was like black and white, you know, and, and he asked me if I wanted to come on board and do that. I hadn't done it before. But, I mean, it sounded like you couldn't do it for a better, you know, someone who's so committed. So, okay, let me me figure that out. And um, we worked on building a culture of ethics. And I thought it was important to find something to rally around, like a brand for ethics. I'm sort of marketing-oriented, but don't tell David Marine that. Um, I'm coming coming for him. (laughs) Um, So there was this think tank, and it it had created the ability to get a designation as the world's most ethical company, but you had to meet very high standards. So it's a, it's a group called Ethisphere, and you have to go through a very heavy application process and prove out your program, you know, your compliance on a number of levels, and that you have the ability for employees to speak up, like we were talking about, people to come and tell you what's going on at the company, and you had to build that culture so people would do that. And it's also legal compliance, like on every, you know, on every single area that a company would need to comply with, like trade sanctions and every, every other thing. But, um, and you know, employment law issues, harassment, you would want an environment where people are safe and comfortable and, and again, could speak up. So we did that. We built the program so that we could meet that standard of Ethisphere's world most, world's most ethical companies, and we got it. I mean, we took a lot of work, but then we got it, and we maintained that designation. So the company has that long tradition. You know, our company, our parent company. Realogy. And all of, and Realogy. Yeah. And all of our subsidiaries are very committed to it. And that, that has stuck with us throughout leadership. Our current CEO completely committed. No, no, absolutely. Um, it resonates with him. When, one of the first couple of times I spoke with him, he told me that the most important thing um, to him was how we treated our own people. Mm-hmm. I thought, that's just great. You know, like, like, wonderful. And not so much coming in to think about the bottom line, the customers. And those are all really important things. But how wonderful to hear that you know, and, and know that. And then I got to know him and, and saw that that was true. But having that designation, it told our employees, like, this is who we are. 
And so if they saw someone acting in a way that was inconsistent with that, or if a customer was treating them in a way that was inconsistent, they would say, wait a second, like literally, wait a second. It says we're one of the world's most ethical companies. What's going on here? So I think having that kind of branding, whether it's Cobble Banker or a designation, there's so many great things that you can affiliate with that really define who you are. And then it tells everybody, you know, how you're going to conduct yourself. So that, that was just a great thing for our company. That, I would be, that's really something to be proud of. That, that takes, it seems like it takes like such a long stride to uphold it and to keep it and to really prove it. It's not just something that's on the wall. Like that's you act every single day. Yeah, I think, um, I think those kind of designations can be really important to people if they understand them and, you know, and it resonates with them. Like a great place to work. You know, if you're yes. gonna if you're gonna be a great place to work, you better be a great place to work, or your employees will say, "Where's the gym?" You know, <laughs> so you have to do all that. And no, it's you the know. snacks here. Yeah, where are the snacks? Wisconsin, right? We want the food. I like it. I want to touch on. There's a big buzz right now by hashtag CB Women. You know, women in leadership. There's a lot of. I sat in a session at Summit, and I was really interested to see there's at least eight or nine guys in there. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. How do we... It's supportive. And I'm all for women for women and, you know, empowering women, empower other, like, empower other women. How can we empower men? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like really empowering people. Thank you. Right? Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's empowering people. And we're trying to do a variety of things that, so that it's an inclusive environment. And so that you can find a place inside of Cobble Banker that you can find your people or you can find your subject or you can find the tool that you want to talk about. So we have a variety of efforts going. I think the CB Women um, project has been really wonderful. I mean, I, I'm amazed when we have these meetups of women at events, you know, just that sort of sisterhood, you know, piece that people really do enjoy. And there's just a a certain vibe and a certain, you know, energy to it that, that I think is great. And there's a lot of women owned businesses in our network and a lot of super high powered, um, women agents and owners, um, and employees in the companies. And I think they just like that, that moment of, um, I see you, you know, I see you, I get you, you're, you know, that kind of thing. And they enjoy that time. But myself included, many people have had incredible male mentors, Oh yeah. you know, and, and, um, and men who support them. You know, my husband is extremely supportive and wonderful. You know, my sons, I just think they, I love, you know, I feel like I'm now doing what I'm doing because they feel proud yeah. and it's like, they're just so great. Um, but you know, everyone I work with, I mean, David, you know, he's been super welcoming, like everyone, Charlie Young, who recruited me into the position and, and Ryan, who is our um, CEO now, who, who's been announced as our new CEO. I've gotten to work with him for 15 years, you know, at the company, these people are just wonderful. You know, they're, they're, they're not, um, they're not seeing gender, you know, they've just been great. So I think that it's, it's an aspect that is really important and we're, we're trying to nurture it. And we are welcoming men. We have an, an event here tonight. It's a meetup. And um, lots of the guys have asked if they can come. So <laughs> I'm like, of course. You know, I think it'll be great. Exactly. We're all championing for each other. Yes. Yeah. Where do you think in starting this, and I love it that we're all supporting each other through it, where do you think it's going to go? Like, what is your hope or what is the hope of the women in the brand who are trying to empower it? What do you think it's going to lead to? Where do, what does the end result look like to you? I think that it, um, we want to make sure that Cobble Banker stands for everybody, right? So we want to make sure that um, that Cobble Banker, you know, in people's minds, when you say Cobble Banker, it reflects you, whoever you are, you know, whatever whatever your gender and orientation and religion, like whatever, you know, like we're everyone, we're massive. It is a huge, huge company, and so you know that that's it's not so much a purpose, right? I mean, we're doing this for a lot of reasons, but we want to reflect everyone, you know, in our brand. 
Um, I think that's one piece of it. And we also want to just have some fun and, you know, get together and, and recognize, you know, all the talents, but also share best practices. And, you know, that is really important to me as I connect companies and connect people. But our women, some of our women-owned um, companies are some of our top recruiters, for example. Oh, yeah, Lori Arnold. Lori Arnold is, exactly. The list goes on. Solution. You know, yeah. Lolly Hamrick's a powerhouse. There are these great women in the network, and um, they have incredibly good practices to share. So just getting their stories told, because they're like bi crazy busy people, right, who are raising kids and running their businesses, not to say the, the, the guys aren't too. Like, they're mm -hmm. extremely involved in, in all of our families. Um, but I think there is that get that maybe they haven't taken that moment to really share all the great stuff they've figured out throughout their careers. And um, we're trying to get those bits of information out there. Having Jen Blue, having CBE Leadership Summit has allowed our team to get to know them. And it's been fantastic. Having Lori Arnold's, you know, son just send us off all these like recruitment retraction and all these, or all these retention Another things. powerhouse, yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's connecting those people and we really do appreciate these opportunities to do so. I, I like what you had said about your mentor being a man. And, and, I, and I think, and I just looked at us and I was like, you know, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be where we're at if we didn't have a, a man figure in our life in any capacity right. that was a champion of us or that believed in us. Sometimes believe in us before we believe in ourselves, you know, to some extent. And I think it's good to, to pay tribute to what gets you there. Like you can get there on your own merit, but to have one person, man or woman that believes in you and will speak for you and say, you need to do this, or I think you could be great at this. That's sometimes you don't even think it for yourself. And I, that's what I think I see out of those meetups with the women too is you start to see a little bit of yourself in other people when you're in that casual setting. And I know even when we were in Vegas last time, it was really cool because I got to have some great conversations. And I was like, that is, that is fabulous. And takeaways you didn't expect to take away. And that's why those I appreciate those opportunities to get together. That's so um, good. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful stuff. And then you take yeah. someone else's hand and pull them along with you. And it's yes. like really easy to yes. do it. It doesn't have to be something big, but you're running to a meeting. You can grab someone to come along or share an idea because you've yes. met them at a party. Oh, of all the things. I mean, Abby Parsons out in Washington, her and I have connected so many times and so many Love things her. of, mm -hmm. you know, Laura, I'm pregnant. And, and she's not going to mind I share this. And she goes, how did you tell your employer you were pregnant? Like, it's those simple things of, you know, they've never gone through this before. How, what are the next steps? But it's like, you, we don't have the answers. So, yeah, let's reach out to our sisters and, and figure out the best way to do yeah, it together. It reminds me, the first person I, I worked for at this company 15 years ago, I was enjoying my job for just a couple of months. And I realized I was eating cheesesteaks like every single day. <laughs> wait, wait, cheesesteaks? Cheesesteaks. And I realized, oh, Lord, I must be pregnant. I'm eating beef and cheese like every 10 <laughs> seconds. And indeed I was. And so I told him, I'm really sorry. I just came to work here and I'm pregnant. And he did not miss a single beat. And he was like, anything you need, you know, I think you should, if you want to go part-time for a while, we'll figure it out. And he was just so poised and didn't worry for one second. You know, it was just so great. And so... You know, that always meant so much to me. And so, so many women have since told me they're pregnant who work in my team. And, you know, I just make sure I don't miss a beat and make sure I'm supportive. Yeah. And when women are home, I make sure I call them to see if they, you know, want to come back to work and, you know, just reach, reach a hand out where you can. Oh, I love it. All right. So we have one question that we ask all of our um, participants this. And out of respect for Now I feel nervous. Like, oh, no. It's that hard. It's okay. If David Marine can do it, you can do it. It's okay. Like, it's a good... Um, but we wanted to do because it is real talk and it's it's about your home, you know, truthfully, what, what are we doing? It's the emotion. It's, it's not just the physical structure. But 
What is the one place in your home that's your favorite? And why? <laughs> I need to hear the real story. Yeah. <laughs> we have this um, room that's really, I guess, technically the living room, but it, that makes it sound really strange already because living rooms are hardly used. But it's a beautiful, very uh, sunny, it's the sunniest spot in the house in the morning, and it has sheer, very sheer um, window treatments. And so it's just, you know, kind of glowy and flowy and very bright. And it's a beautiful place. And we just, it really draws you. So it's sort of like whoever wakes up first ends up, you know, there's just comfortable chairs and whoever wakes up first ends up in there. So if it's my husband or if it's me, there's usually coffee. If it's the kids, they're kind of like, we're big into throwing our blankets in the dryer to heat them up. So like someone will be down there under a hot blanket. You know, we just love that room and um, we kind of connect there. But the room is just a really um, it's it's got its own little personality going. It also has the bar in it, so it's also <laughs> oh, not it used in the morning. <laughs> but when you walk in the front door, you can see the bar, and I love. I do think you know it's nice to walk into a home and like see a gathering place or see somewhere you want to go or something interesting. And so you can sort of see that when you walk into the house. And so even when our friends come, they sort of you know I think know that there and and uh, that they're welcome you know that they're welcome in our house i think oh, we should yeah. get that on home of the week can we get yeah oh i would love that yeah. celebrity cribs yeah, let's go through the corridor if that means could you give me some money to redo the yeah. other rooms in the house yeah perfect i mean in my mind it sounds perfect so i don't think you need to do it i do love that room i do oh i love it That's well great. thank you liz so much for taking some time to come and talk with us about everything That's thanks for having me appreciate talking with you uh, i look forward to seeing what's coming up next great thank you